Hey everybody, Sam here. You may be saying to yourself, this isn't episode 125. And I I can confirm this is not episode 125. This is our Brian Identity Pride stream from a couple weeks ago. Scheduling in the summer is a nightmare at best, so we thought we'd take the holiday weekend just to sort of get ourselves a week and post this show that maybe some of you haven't heard yet. Um, if you want to check out the video, it's available on Twitch and our YouTube channel. But if you just want to hear the audio-only version, this is it. Along with, you know, the episode that immediately follows this. So, you know how that works. You listen to podcasts. You're an expert on this stuff. Anyways, uh, the normal show schedule will be back next week with episode 125. In the meantime, we do have a whole bunch of new stuff in the store against the machine. If you want to check that out on our website, we've got new t-shirts, we've got pins, uh, mouse pads, all sorts of cool designs. Definitely some of the snazziest ones we've cooked up so far. Also, at the end of the month, there's going to be episode 7 of Foul and Fair is Whispering Nothing, which is the final episode of part 1 of that story. So if you want to back us on Patreon or Ko-Fi and see how the story folds out in addition to supporting your favorite podcast that you're listening to at this exact moment, I would encourage you to do that, you know, because capitalism and all that good stuff but in the meantime if you're just here to listen to you know the game and not me yammering uh i'll leave you to it this is pot against the machine everyone and welcome to pot against the machine presents the brian identity chapter five a wild sheep chase uh we are doing this as a uh, special stream since it is the end of uh pride month we are doing a charity stream with the proceeds going to equality florida there will be a link in twitch and a tiltify link for it uh, we are, wow, my mouth is working. We are also doing a raffle event on the Friday run of this game. We will be raffling off some critical hit cookies. On the Saturday run of this game, we will be offering, raffling off some Pot Against the Machine merch. And on the Sunday stream of this game, we'll be raffling off a $25 gift card for Norse Foundry. So stay tuned for those. Gift card. Oh, thirty-five dollar gift card. Excuse me. We are also joined by two guests, as we usually are joined by guests for Brian. The first is Furtive of the Wayward Expeditions podcast. Yes. Hello. Welcome. <laughs> How are you? And the second is uh, Rachel of the Twenty Five North podcast. 
Thanks for having us. <laughs> Thanks for being here. Uh, and as for our regulars, we have uh, Jeff, normally the voice of Asher, on the regular show. Hello. Uh, Zach, normally the voice of Brixby on the regular show. Howdy, just working on my disappearing act right now. Uh, Sam, normally the voice of everybody that isn't one of the four of us on the regular podcast. Howdy. And uh, myself, Jero, normally the voice of uh, Alwina on the normal podcast. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, we are doing a bit of a conversion of a conversion in that we are doing the Wild Sheep Chase uh, module for Pathfinder 2nd Edition. That's right. That is a thing that exists. Conversion Inception. So. <laughs> uh, to start off, we are going to paint ourselves a little bit of a picture here. We are outside of a small little kind of no-name hamlet uh, about 20 miles north of the town of Sandpoint. And meeting out in the outskirts of this town is a uh, bit of an odd motley group of adventurers. To start us off, let's go with uh, Furtive. Mm. Uh, yeah, you see in front of you uh, someone who looks a little wizened, a little worn for the wear of the road. But otherwise, uh, whatever you would conceptualize as the most average and standard university professor in some lightly worn uh, adventuring attire right and next to this uh older gentleman we see who do we see there sam um a totally normal looking pair there's a um rather snake-like gentleman um who um shape-wise is not super snake-wise as he's he's quite broad and uh, kind of stoutly built, um, but he's got purple scales and a snake sort of face. He's wearing overalls with just like bulging pockets overflowing with all manner of stuff, and um, does appear to have a heavily armored rhinoceros at his side, um, just you know hanging out. Right and. Uh... Also just hanging out uh, is, who else do we see, Rachel? Also, there is a humanoid who is armored in various sea things, seashells, barnacles, seaweed, brightly colored. And as you look closer, you can see that they are themselves a collection of living coral. Uh, and next to this uh, collection of living coral, uh, Zach, who do they see? Also a fun tangle of normally non-sentient material, uh, like a walking garden patch. Um, while he may be not too, I, well, let's say he's out of his salad days, as it were, he is still relatively young vegetable. He's a he's a Goran uh, gentleman um, who is not armored at all, but looks ready to punch. 
And finally, uh, Jeff, who is the last member of this party that we see? Yeah, the last member you see is just uh, an ordinary sort of early middle-aged man. Fairly, you know, slightly muscular, but uh, otherwise fairly nondescript, brown beard, brown hair, just uh, carrying a quarter staff and a backpack and, you know, just normal human stuff. Normal human stuff. So this group of five perfectly normal average humanoids have been gathered here by a message they received from one Gareth Burwaddle, who is the leader of the organization Brian, which, uh, and Sam can correct me here if I forget it exactly, is the Bureau of Research into investigation. Oh, Bureau of Research and Investigation of Aliens in Numeria. And oddly enough, uh, they were not contacted to come to Numeria. Uh, so some of them probably had to travel pretty far in order to get to where they currently are. And for some reason, Gareth is just not around. They are standing outside of this town where they were told to meet. And the only thing they've seen is up in a nearby oak tree, a large owl has just kind of been hanging out. And so what, uh, I imagine this may be the first time some of these adventurers are meeting each other. What does everybody kind of do while they're here? I pull out the letter again and double check the time and place and look around at these individuals. Wave the paper. I, I assume... You all are here for... Tap the sheet of paper. This, yes, as well. Maybe. We all nod uh, silently. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, as is the style of the podcast. Everyone just turns and stares in silence and blinks an excessive number of times. <laughs> uh, I, for one, am. I don't know about the rest of you, but uh, Gwen and I were expecting to see our little gnome friend. Oh, this gentleman's a gnome. Interesting. And as everybody's just kind of making chit-chat, double-checking they're in the right place, uh, eventually you hear a voice coming out of the tree that says, Hey, uh, so sorry, sorry I'm late, and... Uh, Thank, thank you, everyone, for showing up. Real, real glad that uh, that Gareth was able to uh, get all of you guys. And you see, sitting in the same spot where that owl had been sitting, this uh, very strange gentleman. Uh, pop him into the token layer here. Uh, you see, looks like maybe a halfling. He's normal proportion, but he's only about four feet tall, except for the fact that his head is a little bit bigger than it should be, and his arms and his fingers are a little bit uncomfortably long. Uh, 
and he is extremely garishly dressed in clothes that look completely out of anything you've ever seen. And he says, uh, some of you may have worked in before, uh, you with the rhino. I think I kind of recognize you a little bit. Uh, my name is Hal Fling. Uh, I'm also nominally a, uh, agent of Brian. I actually own my own, uh, business, uh, uh, Black Pyramid Investigations, but uh, I do work with Gareth sometimes, and he has uh, lent me your help to investigate some weird, uh, some weird happenings around here. See, I got a buddy, uh, kind of ridiculous name. His name's Shine Bright. Uh, he's a wizard, and went missing a while back. Sent some people to check on him. And they came back with the craziest stories I have ever heard. The kind of stuff that is absolutely up uh, Gareth's alley. So I talked to him. He sent me you guys. And, well, so here's the, here's the story. The people I sent out, the first group, only two guys came back. And they told me this crazy story that they saw the Sandpoint Devil. Giant red wings, horse head, the whole deal. And that it carried off one of their buddies. Other one ran off into the woods. No idea what happened to him. Sounds nuts, right? So I assume maybe they were just, they spent the money I gave them on Flay Leaf and made up a story. Sent another group in. They claimed they saw the Black Maga. You know, big, giant, crazy sea serpent thing. Again, ridiculous. We're in the middle of the woods. There's not even water. So, I decided to go look for the guy myself. Thing is, I can't find his house. I don't know what happened. I, he's a wizard, like I said. Maybe he put it under some kind of spell. Talked around some local farms. They said they've got chupacabras eating their sheep. No joke. So, I mean, I'm already way over my head in this. I'm just trying to find my friend. You guys, you can deal with crazy stuff like this. You hunt aliens for a living. I mean, it aliens. Like, that's a thing. Uh, and, but yeah, so... I'm willing to pay Gareth's normal rate, whatever that is for other people. Uh, he doesn't pay me great, but I'm sure he pays you much better. Uh, what What do y'all say? Well, it isn't aliens, but I'm willing to branch out. He holds that for like at least two or three seconds. Puts his viney hands down. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah. Seems like we can be of assistance. I yeah, why not? <laughs> I think all your uh, investigators there are lying to you, though, buddy. Oh, yeah, no. I'm, I'm sure somebody got drunk and saw a dog or something, but, you know, I need professionals for this, clearly. And 
people like you, I've been out on a couple of missions for Gareth where he thought it was aliens and it ended up being nothing. So I know that you guys are probably used to that kind of thing. So you're the best, you're the best guys for the job, best team. Uh, How so, hard could it be to find a simple wizard? We'll have this wrapped up in time for lunch. Uh, well, that uh, depends on if the wizard wants to be found, right? <laughs> they can be a little tricky at times. Yeah, that's the thing, is uh, when you get into magic users, you get into all sorts of trouble. If they want to... If they want to hide, if they want to keep you off of their beach, as it were, well, things can get nasty. Well, yep. I for one am optimistic. I'm sure he'll turn it. <laughs> About three oh. seconds. Oh, <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Thank you. I, 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 you know, I pride myself on being a comic relief, as it were. Slowly, nauseous, with that one, I turn and look at uh, our coyish friend to see if there's any response to that last joke from them. There is not. Very straight face, almost as if they perhaps don't understand. Oh, that's too bad. Anyway, uh, Mr. Sorry, I'm bad with names. Uh, it's, uh, well, actually, it's uh, Halifax uh, Fitzgerald Lingstrom, but it's it, Halfling is what I like to do because, you know, it, it's kind of a pun, kind of like his uh, turnip thing. I'm a halfling, halfling. Mm. Mm. Very clever, yes. Should we succeed on this, or uh, optimistically, when we succeed on this, uh, what do we do then? You uh, well, neglected if you that can, part. Of... Uh, yeah, if you can find uh, Shine Bright, uh, well, the first thing is to ask him what the heck's going on. Why haven't I heard from him? Uh, and second is to uh, come back here and uh, let me know. I mean, I'd like it if you brought him with me, but even if you just gave him word that I'm looking for him. That's good enough for me. And uh, then I will uh, pay you the uh, going rate for a uh, Brian investigation. Uh, wonderful. Uh, so these creatures in these reports uh, are secondary and not important to our actual task then? Uh, or are well, they tantamount to this? I, If you can maybe figure out what the heck is going on with that, then, uh, you know what? I've got kind of an interest in weird animals, so, yeah, if you can figure out what the heck these things are, I'll throw in a bonus. Uh, I'm sure there'll if, be some relation along the way, at the very least, yes. <laughs> and if anybody wants to, uh, roll any, uh, knowledges or lores they may have that they think would help them identify the, uh, magical creatures listed, uh, maybe like a would I don't know if chupacabras would fall under nature or if they're magical beasts or if you have uh, maybe any kind of lore that might work for I believe any none of, of these the, are humans. Uh, kind of more esoteric lore. 
They laughed at uh, me when I took yeah. goat sucker lore. <laughs> yeah, uh, esoteric, I would say, would work for the kind of like two mythological ones, the uh, or not mythological, like folk creature ones, the Sandpoint Devil and the uh, Black Maga. Well, that is a solid 29 on esoteric lore. Okay, you know that uh, both of these are sort of kind of half mythological creatures, like enough people have said they've seen them that you could believe in a world like Galarian that they exist. Uh, but you know we're kind of a little ways out of the element of one of them, and the other one supposedly lives in the water, so we're nowhere near where that one should be. Uh, as far as any like attributes or anything about them, because they are kind of mythological, they have this sort of mystique around them. You don't know any real abilities other than uh, supposedly the Sandpoint Devil can fly and has some sort of breath attack. And the uh, Black Maga is some type of sea creature, maybe like a sea serpent or a giant octopus or something like that. There's conflicting accounts. Can we roll anything on Shinedown? Uh, yeah, if you have... Uh... Well, let me look at your knowledge uh, alt rock. Is that yeah. not, uh... Uh, the knowledge humans is kind of an interesting one. Uh, a 17 wouldn't really give much other than like that sounds like that might be a human wizard name. Uh, let's see. Your actual roles. Uh, does anybody have any knowledges that they think like would be? Good for that one because I just realized the parts of your sheets that I have open. <laughs> I don't have the knowledge is open. How about deception? Uh, you can no. lie about <laughs> knowing about shine down. How about lore farming? Because warfare lore. If you have lore farming, <laughs> I will absolutely let you roll that for the chupacabra. I have, I have lore farming. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Wizards wow. are academic in nature, so hmm. uh, you through... know I'll let that uh, academia roll. That's high enough that I will give you. You've vaguely heard the name as a known wizard that lives in the area, uh, and with the twenty-six farming, uh, Giant, you know that chupacabras, unlike the other two, are not mythological creatures in Galarian. Like these are actual animals that are a known livestock predator in certain areas. You haven't ever heard of any of them living around here though. So the chupacabra accounts could be legitimate. I mean, they should just put up a scare chupacabra. That's pretty simple. It's just a We'll insert a great description of what a scare chupacabra <laughs> looks like oh, later please, yeah. with the power of audio magic. No. That's a DVD copy a... of Species 2 on a stick. <laughs> oh my god. So why don't they just put up a DVD copy of Species 2 on a stick? Exactly. So that's, that's uh, my question to you. And uh, Magellan with the Nat 20 on Nature knows that uh, chupacabras are medium-sized creatures, uh, knows there are some varieties that can also fly, though the majority of them don't. Uh, he knows they have claws. They have uh, 
spikes. They have a bit of an armored hide. Uh, they're nasty little monsters. And if we do end up in uh, combat with them, I can give you some more uh, that you know about them then. But I'm sure that's not going to happen because chupacabras aren't, don't live around here. No. Uh, <laughs> combat? Come on, we're just finding a wizard. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Hal is then going to give you directions. He's actually going to point uh, sort of back in the direction that a lot of you came from and say, so a uh, couple miles that that's not the voice. So a couple miles that way is the uh, tree line. Uh, he's got a place back in their tower. Real nice place. Uh, and like I said, I can't find it. He did some kind of magic to it, I'm sure. And uh, But the farm that I talked to, uh, it's the uh, Inadel farm. And it is uh, right near the edge of the forest. You can't miss it if you just go in a straight line that direction for an hour or two. Uh, talk to this uh, Farmer Dell, and he can tell you what he told me, and maybe that can give you some kind of better lead. Oh, and uh, one more thing. I do have this. Uh, I will show this to the players. Uh, I have this uh, uh, painting. It's a painting of uh, me and uh, Shinebright at the, uh, kind of after he finished the tower. Uh, really incredible quality painting. And, uh, but that's, uh, that's obviously him there next to me. And that's, if you're looking for him, that's him. Uh, so you guys can uh, hang on to that and he will uh, hand it over to a member of the party. This, uh, strangely detailed but also kind of blurry and dotty uh painting of him in shine bright except for hal i mean you you like know your angles <laughs> you really just have that pose perfect <laughs> almost like i had the one picture of him because i made it with ai and couldn't make the face again <laughs> uh, uh, so he will then uh wish you all good luck and point you in the direction of the Einadel farm. And what is the party's next move? I'm assuming probably just head to the farm or give up and decide you're not fighting any chupacabras today. I think we'll probably start a band. Yep. I like Seems it. Seems like yeah. a reasonable solution. Um, well, Chad, for one, will climb up on his rhinoceros, and, um, he's ready to go. Just a snake on his rhinoceros. <laughs> I am also ready to make, like, a me and leave. Okay. And... <laughs> you can't leave. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I will say we can count this as sort of like an encounter mode as you're moving towards this for the purpose of if anybody wants to be percepting or detecting or you don't really feel like you need to be sneaking, but anything like that, if anybody wants to let me know what they're doing on the way to this farm. Happy to scout uh, 
pretty pretty good perception here. Uh, the old wisdom class. Suppose shield up. That's a yeah, thing. defending. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, scouting, defending, sneaking, uh, detecting. Usually, if you have a detect skill, uh, percepting then is just the normal one. Yeah, I think I'm just percepting. Yeah. yeah. I figure, like, I will say that's the one that kind of makes the most sense. It's the middle of the day. You're walking through a field. There's nothing around that seems. I will say that Gwen the Rhinoceros is better at percepting than Chad, of course. <laughs> and also, she does have um, scent. Imprecise. I guess Chad also has scent. They're both good at smelling. <laughs> so you continue on and like Hal said it takes a little over an hour but you eventually come upon a small farmstead where you see uh, surrounded by a uh, stone wall on kind of the front with the forest backing up to the back and side of it and that should be on the main screen for everybody now. Yes, it is open. I still have the uh, what definitely isn't a 1920s photograph up on here. Let me get that off the screen. Uh, so you guys approach this uh, farm off to the left where we can't see because I didn't make the map for it. You see some a uh, couple of small fields of what looks like maybe like wheat or hay. Uh, and to the right, you see a paddock with a number of sheep grazing in it. Oh yeah, I gotta give you control of Gwen again. Uh, I don't remember how I did that originally. Oh yeah, here it is, controlled by Sam. Save. Okay. Uh... You see a paddock on the right with a number of sheep grazing in it. And you see a uh, small kind of shaped almost like a capital P uh, little stone farmhouse that you definitely can't see the inside of because we have lighting. <laughs> <laughs> Can my lore farms teach me anything about this? bucolic pastoral situation that we find ourselves in uh you know what roll me a lore farms with pleasure sorry lore farming for those people that are like what is lore farms <laughs> what is the authenticity of this podcast? uh with your 23 it's a farm uh That's you think this is kind of like a homesteader it does not appear to have enough uh, here to really do much more than have what he needs to survive on and maybe a little bit to sell in a market. Like, this is not any kind of big operation. This is probably just, like, one or two people. Looks here like this is more subsistence. No, believe me, as a salad, I know a ranch, and this isn't one. Yes, we found it in this hidden valley.
Now I think uh, there was a, a time in my life when I was uh, not, let's say, uh, particularly off-putting to the random passerby, and I would be willing to, you know, knock on the door and say hello, but I'm a snake now, so... <laughs> Generally speaking, people find that to be a challenge. Yes, that's why I'm not looking like a dragon at the moment. I mean, don't hmm? worry about it. Dragon, I say absentmindedly as I walk up and knock on the door. Uh, so you knock on the door after a few seconds of shuffling around a kind of just nondescript peasant farmer looking gentleman opens the door. Uh, according to this uh, lovely roll 20 token here that I had for him, he is holding a bale of hay and he goes, yeah, uh, what do you want? Uh, we've heard reports of, this is going to sound odd, chupacabra in the area. Mm-hmm. Dangle things beneath my sheet. Credible <laughs> uh, reports, everybody. Well, interesting. Uh, may we help you with this? It isn't for a reward. We are not adventurers. We have a different task we're looking for, but they seem related. I, mean, I, I, don't, I don't need... It, if you can kill those things or eat my sheep. Uh, and, yeah. And Certainly. maybe also get rid of whatever's giving me new sheep. Giving you new sheep? Yeah. They, they ate three of my sheep and came out this morning. There's only two sheep missing. Somebody's giving me sheep. I blink at him a few times and turn back to the others and blink at them a few times. Sounds like someone's pulling the wool over his eyes. About three <laughs> seconds or so before I put my hand back down. Now, um says the snake from a safe distance. <laughs> Do you um have visual confirmation of a uh, partially consumed sheep, or did you have uh, a situation where uh, a sheep may have wandered off and returned well, uh, at a later I'm, I'm, date? The ones that went missing, they made a lot of noise when them things grabbed them, and I, I was out to see it all three times, because you can't not hear it, but I, I'm, I'm not going to fight one of those. And spikes and that big skull head. And probably uh, lots of blood and gore as well, I'm sure. Telltale signs of a mauling, yes? But do you mind if I sniff around a bit? Uh, it, yeah, you know, you know, knock yourself out. I, 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 sure. And uh, he will let uh, all of you into uh, whatever area of the paddock that you would like to look around in he might actually show like uh one was taken kind of over here uh you should be able to i think i have all the doors set to unlock 
if anybody wants to actually drink their tokens in, they should all be able to fit through. Uh, let me know if the rhino can't fit through the size I made that door. The rhino cannot be stopped by mere walls. <laughs> now, these sheep, the the ones that uh, appeared uh, new, uh, can you describe them a little bit better? Uh, I'm going to... Use pointed question with this as well as we begin this investigation. Yeah. Ooh. So make me, uh, you know, yeah, I'll let you roll this yourself. Uh, make me a diplomacy check. So you uh, make your roll here for this. Right. And that is. Okay, uh, so he is uh, going to say, well, uh, when when I got up this morning, there, like I said, they, they took three sheep over the last two days, uh, real crazy, uh, but got up this morning, went out, and uh, kind of looks around, he goes, that one there in the back, uh, something's different about that one, and if you guys look... Uh, does look a little different than the other sheep. You notice it uh, appears to have pierced ears, which is a little odd for a uh, farm animal. And you see it has something around its neck. And it also appears to be wearing like a bracelet. It just very odd. And uh, actually, let me... Uh, all of you notice, uh, as he points it out, it kind of looks up at you at a sec for a second and then immediately looks back down and starts eating grass. Like it's trying to pretend it didn't understand this conversation. Magellan will gaze at it balefully. Uh, and then, uh, he, as a as a druid, has the wild empathy ability to kind of make have rudimentary conversation, really not to like understand what they're saying necessarily, but can it says I can you know make an impression on animals, make very simple requests of them. Uh, so, kind of wants to just take a moment to. Kind of try talking, not like talk so much as get, getting a, a hey, how's it going to the normal sheep? Mm -hmm. And then, uh, hey, how's it going over there, bracelet having ear pierced yeah, so sheep? We're only that one and nature. What was that? You do diplomacy, uh, the because you make a role as part of that, don't you? Yeah, no, I I can make a diplomacy roll. It's gonna be yeah. great. I'll I'll uh, I'm gonna roll that. Yeah, uh, yeah, make a roll. Uh, mm. I will say this one since you said you were trying to communicate with one of the regular sheep first. You make that roll. Uh, just kind of, it's a sheep. It looks up because it hears noise, and then it just goes back to like ruminating. <laughs> ruminating. Not ruminating. What is the state of sheep? Uh, <laughs> no, just, no, that's just canon. pondering. Now, yeah. from here on in, all sheep are uh, ruminating. I'm trying to think. What the heck is the word I'm trying to think of where they like chew cut? It's genuflecting it's like, in the daylight. Yeah. Masticating. Masticating. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Chicho actually is able to talk to animals legitimately, oh. not yeah. to oh, put down right. your druid powers, yeah. but yeah. yeah. Oh, dang. So they will kind of <laughs> smile at you in your attempts and then walk up to the sheep and say, uh, how long has your, your jeweled friend been here? And uh, it looks up again, and this time it almost looks like it understands you. And it just kind of says, New! Today! This fluffy one says that fluffy one is new. Well, that checks out. Uh, This smells a little off. It's... of magics i think hey uh, you that's ewe you acknowledge the language-based humor uh and you notice it kind of like almost seems to be deliberately ignoring everyone as it continues to eat uh and i saw he rolled an arcana on the uh sheep uh not enough with that roll you Think, like, you know polymorph spells are a thing. You think it could maybe be something that isn't a sheep. Uh, I, I don't know and... if it's shape-shifted or inflicted upon it, though. Yeah. It seems uh, fishy. Yeah. In fact, uh, I will say, a uh, little peek on the curtain, I did roll your uh, first roll for it, the one that you get automatically, which did fail, whether you can tell it right away. But with... Like the role that you made after everybody's like, there's something wrong with this. You do think that this could possibly be something polymorphed. Uh, and with Magellan's uh, 30 nature, this thing is definitely not acting like a sheep. Yeah, I didn't know if I, that would be something I could as a druid, uh, although not one who wild shapes himself. Shapes if yeah. His familiarity wouldn't with druidicism yeah it's a word yeah, i would say uh, with a 30 because that's almost a critical success uh that you are almost you are almost 100 percent positive that this is something sentient pretending to be a sheep or possibly trapped as a sheep you can't really tell which i get down next to the sheep as it's grazing I just kind of stare into its eyes. My it, it, almost headbutting this thing as I'm like just looking into its face. And it is still staring at the ground, and you actually see like beads of sweat coming up on its forehead as it is doing its best to ignore <laughs> right next to it here. And let me see. Going to so gonna pop us into oddly enough uh we're going to have some initiatives starting up here uh if i can remember as you guys are kind of crowded around this sheep and i'm going to have uh these uh couple of roles here be the initiatives for some of our party here so gonna had a wait what did that do Mm -hmm. 
that add a second of that. That's not what I want. Oh, because I'm on the player. Uh, so uh, Hugh, its initiative is going to be his 27 Arcana that he was rolling to check the sheep. Uh, Magellan's is going to be his nature. And everybody else, if you can roll me a perception for your initiatives. Did it add Jolly to the sheep when he rolled his? It didn't, did it? No. no. Sorry, it's pronounced Golly. Golly. Get Hugh. I'm a milk that's GJ. Oh, wait, no, he was who I got. Uh, I need to grab Magellan with his 30 initiative. Uh, and I'll add a one for the Rhino, uh, which. Well, uh, that oh wait no, because he goes. That's right. That's how uh, okay. I'm assuming he works but like an animal companion, where you me. you give him a uh, command and he goes. Okay. And Chico is on there. Jolly needs roll twenty. So great. Uh, a another thirty man. Because they're killing these initiatives. And uh, did we have... Jettles is 18. So, as you guys are examining this sheep, you suddenly hear just this horrible cry from over here in the back as this sheep is yanked under the fence by a creature. That appears. And this creature appears here. And you see coming out of the woods oh. another pair of that creature. And I'm going to blow this guy up for everybody. You think it looks maybe vaguely like a chupacabra. Something's a little off. Thing is like just a little bit off. What's he over there for you guys? That's an odd spot for him to be because that's not where he is on my GM one. He should be here. If I move him again, is he back? Is he outside the fence again? For you guys? They're all outside the fence. Yeah, they're all outside okay. the fence. All right. For some reason, uh, he was showing up inside the fence on my recorded screen. Yeah, I saw that one move like to <laughs> west, one square, and then back. <laughs> Double check that he's moved here. Okay, yes, he has moved on there. Uh, you see these show up. One of them grabs a sheep and just mauls it through the fence. And we get our turn order in order. That I went descending. Uh, and it is uh, whoever wants to go first between Magellan and Golly. Oh, Magellan. Oh, no. <laughs> I am playing Magellan. Magellan. <laughs> okay. Uh, yep. All right, then. Uh, Magellan Ulrith will stride 
for his... You know what? He doesn't have to. Never mind. Boop. Magellan Ulrith will expend an action to invoke reach spell, allowing him to not have to move. He can just stay put. Uh, and then in a 10-foot burst located in such a way as to get both of the eastern chupacabras, uh, he will uh, cover the ground in a thin layer of ash and flame as he casts wildfire. Uh, any creature that ends its turn in the area will have to make, it t make a reflex save. Anyone that moves on the ground within the 10-foot burst area uh, will take fire damage. I'm going to see if I can angle this so it... Uh, there is 15 feet between them, so I don't know if I can make it hit both of them. Is it a 10-foot radius, or...? It's a 10-foot burst, so... Yeah. Yeah, so I would assume it would then be, like, a 10-foot... Like, basically take up the same as a... Man... That makes sense, but I don't like it. Burst is radius, isn't it? Oh, is it a ten foot? Does it say radius? If it's radius, it then says, it's a twenty. It total. says burst, and I I was assuming it was radius and not yeah, diameter. I'll, yeah, I'll assume it's radius too, because it usually is for those things. So let me make that a twenty. Yay. I'm good at spellcasters. That's why I play them all the time. I don't play them ever. <sighs> yeah. So that gets both of them. Yeah, it's. A burst effect issues forth in all directions from a single corner of a square, meaning that if you have a 20-foot burst, it extends in 20 feet from every direction from okay, the Okay, yeah, so it is radius. Shows. Okay. Yep. Oh, yep. perfect. Thank you. Yeah, so I'll cent center it on corner of that one there, because that'll hit both of them. Uh, okay, and did you say that was damage? Uh, it won't immediately cause damage. It's just if Only they move, they move or if they it, end yes. their yeah. turn... Yeah. in that area but that would be all three actions one to make it reach spell and then two to cast yep uh what'd you say it was called it's wildfire. Okay. All right. Uh, all right. So that is your turn then. And it is Golly's turn. Ah, oh, man. Unfortunately, I am unable to do what this salad does best, which is punch. So I am going. Yeah, I'm going to delay. Tactical delay. Right. Golly will delay. Uh, so that brings us to Hugh. Yeah, I'm going to lean in real close to this. <laughs> Whisper into its ear, you can understand me and don't want to die. Stay put. I'm going to intimidate it with that. And then I will also cast Sanctuary on it. 
and you see uh you do appear to have uh cowed this sheep and <laughs> it uh it actually kind of like hunkers down and you cast sanctuary on it so if anything tries to attack it uh, they have to make a save and that was probably a pretty smart thing to do uh yeah. with my remaining action i'll just stand and uh you see me pop open from my cane that i've been walking with a sword Right, pull out a cane sword as your final action. And that is going to bring us to uh, Chico. Chico. Yeah, so I will run forwards to stand between this human farmer and these evil things. Raise a shield and then reach over and touch my snake friend casting guidance uh, on him them so you cast guidance on chad uh is that that's two actions or no guidance, guidance is, is one right. raise yeah. shield is one raise yeah. shield is the action yeah mm -hmm. all right uh at the next turn you hear this horrible sound and suddenly something swoops down from the sky and grabs Farmer Dell and just lifts him away and they both, like, disappear again. By which I mean now they're over here. <laughs> oh, dang. Uh, and the thing you see is... Uh, let me see if I can blow that up. You see some type of creature again... Uh, some kind of strange skull-like head, red wings. Uh, skull looks more equine on this one. Hopefully that did blow up. It did not blow up. Oh, awesome. Uh, Shift to Z. Yeah, I hit Z and it blew up in my GM window. Shift Z. Oh, Shift Z? Yeah. There we go. Hey, there yeah. it is. There it is. Ooh, look at that little so that means the chupacabras spike. never blew up. So there's the uh, yeah. chupacabra. Ooh. Wait. Is that a leather daddy chupacabra? What's the situation going it's on? It's definitely here? not like a normal dog or wolf with stuff <laughs> tied to it to look like a chupacabra. That is not no, the normal not. interest in leather that a chupacabra has as the resident expert. Oh, they've been visiting the leather man. Uh, so that is what happens at that turn order. Uh, then it is Chad's turn. Uh, it's a what appeared to be a horrifying horse monster just stole the farmer and left. <laughs> well, um, Chad is a little bit confused by the uh, sudden appearance and disappearance of the flying horse monster. But um, Chad's not going to let that get in the way of a good fight. So he's gonna look over at one of these chupacabras and he's going to exploit vulnerability with guidance. Uh, he's got oh. a nat 20 <laughs> yeah, for a is... total of a 34 yeah. on his esoteric lore. Alright, so you are able to exploit the vulnerability of this. Uh, look at it and you think maybe those weird leather strap looking things might be 
something that you could attack to maybe like trip it up or something. And that is the vulnerability you figure out, uh, which that gives you a bonus to attack them, I believe. Uh, is that what it does? Uh, um, I, on a critical success, I learned all of the creature's resistances, weaknesses, immunities, including the amounts of resistances and weaknesses, and any unusual weaknesses and vulnerabilities, such as what spells will pass through Ogalm's anti-magic. I can exploit either the creature's mortal weakness or its personal antithesis. Antithesis. And I also, my strikes become magic if they weren't already, but they were already. Right. Uh, oddly enough, you think that these creatures don't appear to have any specific weaknesses or any specific resistances, which is odd for a magical beast like a chupacabra. They appear to be more like a regular animal in that case. Well, I think Chad's going to yell out, uh, These just look like regular, non-fancy chupacabras. Just uh, rub some dirt on your weapons. It'll be great. And um, he's going to lock eyes with that northern chupacabra that he just analyzed. And he's going to use his hypnotic stare. Uh, so it needs to make me a will save. Hypnotic lure, I'm sorry. You a will save. Like I roll 20, let windows be on top of other windows. Nope. Uh, that is a... Uh, that is a six on the die, which is probably a critical <laughs> at the level five. Uh, uh, so well, it's a DC 21. Yeah. So if that is a critical failure... On its next turn, it must use all of its actions to approach me. Yeah, that is a critical fail. Only by one, though. He's got a decent will. Nice. All right, that, that's all three of my actions. That's a right. two action. Oh, actually, uh, Gwen can act of her own accord and just take a single move action to get a little closer to the fight here. Gwen gets a little closer to the fight on her own accord, and at that, uh, you see a large hooded figure burst down the gate of the farm, and they are going to stride up to the fence. Followed by the one of the chupacabras in this uh horrifying ash field uh is going to attempt in acrobatics to jump over this fence and uh he is going to fail horribly uh in fact that is a nat one so he does not even make it over the fence and fall prone he falls prone on his side of the fence uh, into the cinders, which, what is he going to take for that? Uh, so, and he'll, he'll take two points of fire damage for every square that he would be moving through, and then if he ends his turn in one of these squares, he'll take uh, two persistent fire damage. So I will say his attempt to jump is going to count as 
moving within the square that he's in just because he failed so badly. Yeah. Uh, so he will take the two from that, and then he will take the two persistent. And that is his... Uh, uh, actually, technically, he gets two more actions. He's going to try to jump again, so he will not take the two persistent yet. Uh, he will stand up as his second action, and he will attempt another jump. He makes it this time, but that just means he has moved through two squares of this, and he is still not out of it. <laughs> so that is uh, six points of fire damage this turn. And next is the Chupacabra up in the top is also going to attempt a jump. He makes it on his first try. And then he is going to stride up to... Let's see if he can make it... Yeah, he has crazy movement. He is going to stride up to Magellan as his second action. And as his third action, he is going to attempt to bite. Uh, that is a 26. That does hit. Okay, you are going to take uh, eight points of piercing damage. Ow. As this... uh creature just bites into you. Then it is the third Chupacabra's turn. I love how these guys ended up going all in a row despite rolling vastly different things. Uh, wait, why does that say him? Did I move the wrong one last turn? Oh no, they're both on him. That would be why. I just gotta remember the second one is the other one. <laughs> uh, he is going to it's the one that has to move towards Sam, right? Yeah. Yes, it is. Uh, and I'm going to say that he's going to attempt to jump rather than just, like, run up against the fence. Uh, he also fails his jump. Uh, he is going to try again, because that was just a regular failure. He makes it over. And for his third action, he is going to move to Sam. Whoops. Moves right up to Chad, and he will also take four points of damage. All right, and I will reinsert here at the end. All of right. The and reinsert. Uh, I will take one action to enter into wolf style. One action to uh, step uh, five feet to the southeast. And then I will take one singular strike at the most recently moved Chupacabra. All right. Um, and yeah. Kill him. If I hit him, we have to do a, a, a trippy do roll. All right. Sounds so, good. Let's, uh, really glad people at home can't see me just scrolling up and down here. <laughs> uh, a. 29 is not only going to hit him, that is a critical. All righty. So the critical damage on this would be a 24. Yep. Which uh, you don't have to worry about knocking him down. You punch this thing and you break through this skull it's wearing and the actual skull under it and it just drops. And uh, I don't have an action left, but I will just stay on theme say squash it's a vegetable 
inserted perfectly that I don't have to move you in the turn order. So thank you for that. Uh, Magellan. Yeah, uh, this definitely real chupacabra came up and bit him. Uh, and so Magellan's going to uh, free action drop his quarterstaff and then with two actions cast a cantrip called Gouging Claw and his hand turns into this, well, claw and he will uh, attempt to gouge the creature. Weird how it works out that way. Oh, that's that's awful. It's only a 15 total. Meets beats. You hit oh, it. Oh, lovely. Uh that's that's good for me. It's going to be uh 3d6 plus 4. So that's 17 points of slashing damage. Right, you've really hurt this thing. And uh, oddly enough, as you do that, you slash where those like strap-looking things are, and the uh, chupacabra spiked hide on its back actually starts to fall off to reveal what looks like maybe a shaved wolf underneath. Oh no! Uh, you. I don't like the look of any of this, especially this big guy back here next to the fence. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do about any of it. I'm also trying to figure out if we really need to be here or not. Since uh, the guy who was tending the sheep isn't here any longer. I mean, it probably has nothing to do with that missing wizard. You guys can probably just leave. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Either sheet in peace. Yeah, I'm I'm half on that train of thought. Yeah. I will uh, devise a stratagem. I guess trying to figure out what's going on. Now, it, there's also a no weaknesses that goes along with this. Yeah. I'm specifically uh, and I trying to say, understand what's like going they, on here. Yeah. Lots of you doing things for me <laughs> in these regards. Yeah. Roles. yeah. <laughs> it uh, seems like you, the rest yeah. of you have a good yeah. control on the Chupacabra. What is that thing? So, like, what is everyone's favorite sheep breed? Um, based <laughs> off of a Googling, I think I'm more of a Dorset Horn or Hampshire Down sort of guy. But, I mean, I could be convinced to enjoy a good Dorper just based off of the name. <laughs> ah, the old Dorp. Um, just, I'll just drop this in the, the Brian, in case anyone needs a little who's who of the sheep world. Oh, please, yeah. We got that there. Don't uh, worry. I got you. Hey, we're going to keep rinsing that joke. Yeah. Uh, and as uh, everybody looks at your sheep, uh, so you did 
devise a stratagem on how to uh which one did you say you were looking at for that the this big cloaked figure the the big cloaked figure uh okay so you have devised a stratagem against him uh if you attack him this turn you can use uh i just closed it why did i just close it wow i am so sorry everybody uh, investigators are very difficult. Uh, okay. Um, your your int modifier yeah. to your attack roll instead of strength. Yeah, instead of strength. Yeah, and it is actually uh, your roll against it you could make, but uh, you devise a stratagem against him, and you think you could maybe like trip this guy up in this big cloak that he's wearing, or something like that. Uh, you can hope he flips over the fence like that one wolf did and lands in a convenient pile of cinders. But uh, basically, if you attack him this round, you can use your int modifier as long as you're using a finesse weapon, which your sword can use. Yep. Uh, you... You know that he has a... Does he have a weakness? Actually, doesn't. Uh, you don't think he has any particular weaknesses to anything specific, just from what you can gather looking at him. Oh no, it, it doesn't. Does this? It's not an actual like. What are their weaknesses oh. or whatever? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no, that's like the thing you're saying. Uh, circumstance yeah. next attack, yeah, yeah. It, it like pairs in with the, the device. Yeah, no, that's what I was saying. Like you think, like you strategic can strike. Yeah, that's kind of what I was saying. Yeah. Like you can lots of moving. Yeah, parts. you meant you were no using the no weaknesses ability. Yeah, yeah. Which again, that's like uh, if you can get up to him, you can get those bonuses. And I just kind of give you the flavor for what you're doing, which is, like I said, you are thinking like you could trip him up in his cloak. You can hope he doesn't fit through the door or something like that. Uh, so three actions, two of them will be to move up, and then the third one will be to make the attack. All right. So you strike him through this uh, open gate that I did say all of the gates opened by the farmer. Double check that I've got int instead of strength selected. Okay. That was not planned for. That additional damage is from the strategic strike, which does uh, uh, precision, yep. similar to a rope. And unfortunately, you swing at this guy, or mm-hmm. you kind of stab at him with your sword cane, and it goes into part of the cloak, and you think you should have got a hit, but maybe his body shape isn't exactly right under there, and you unfortunately are not able to hit him. Hmm. Distressing. 
and it is uh, Chico's turn. Chicho. See, yeah, Chicho. Chicho. Keep not putting the a- extra H yes. in there. Uh, yeah, having presumably felt the giant creature descend behind me and heard some scream of the farmer, I will glance back quickly. Is this creature actually here with the farmer, or is it long gone? Uh, it is there, but it is still in the air. Uh, ah. That's basically where it ended, almost as though it maybe has a swoop attack. Sure. That for a flavor to get him out of the combat, uh, picked up the farmer instead of hitting him. <laughs> ah, okay. The farmer is not in need of saving then. Yeah, no, the farmer uh, is uh, just kind of dangling limply from uh, this thing's leg. Oh, okay. All right, I will... I do not want to move up, because then that thing won't have to move through the fire, so I will instead move back to to the flank on this one, the one more in the pasture, and attempt to strike it with my trident, which is here somewhere. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I don't do roll 20 often. There. Yeah. Yes, uh, very effective. Yeah. Strike at its uh, toes. Yeah, aren't quite able to hit it. You come close, but just not quite. <laughs> so one action move, strike, and then raise shield as the third. Okay, so it is now the turn of this strange uh, creature here, which that much. So he actually should have ended here, not there. Uh, it is going to swoop past. Uh, it saw Chicho not attack something. Uh, so it is going to um, fly past at its extent of its movement, and it is going to kind of bring its weird horse-shaped beak down uh, and absolutely not hit. Uh, no way. That is a 15. <laughs> um, on Gwen, yeah. that will not hit. Uh. No, it wasn't Gwen, it was on uh, Chicho. Chicho. Oh, okay. oh, as it flew by, that's still, yeah. no, not a hit. Yeah, it's sort of like, a, it's basically the 2E version of a flyby attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that uses two actions, and its third action, it is just going to kind of fly off this way to be away from the combat. And that's then we are nice. at uh, Chad. All right, Chad is, well, he's getting a little cross here. Let's see, 5, 10, 15, 20. Uh, Chad's going to tell Gwen to circle around on this little chupacabra and just kind of smash it. So she's going to head on down here, uh, stay along the edge of the fire, and then she will make an attack roll with her horn. Uh, that is a 17 to hit. 
A 17 is going to hit. All right. So the gore, two ones on the D8s for six damage. Mm. It's hurting. It is hurting. Right. Let's see. Chad's got some decisions to make here. I think what he's going to do is... Go 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, head down to the south, and he's going to make eyes at the Swoopacabra and demand that will save. All right. Swoopacabra is making its will save. Uh, that is 18 on the die. That is a 24. Uh, that passes, so the creature is unaffected. So never mind. <laughs> it's messed up. Right. It is this big cloaked figure's turn, and it is going to throw the cloak off of itself after getting stabbed, or almost stabbed, and reveal that it appears to be oh i deleted the wrong one awesome i knew i was going to do that <laughs> roll 20. Is it a yeti or abominable snowman or something it's a uh, bumble yeah it is weird <laughs> it's the bear with the sword <laughs> it appears to be a bear with a sword <laughs> oh no We've fallen into, uh, what's it called? The Golden Compass. <laughs> Golden Compass, Seven yeah. It's, uh, it's called a Coca-Cola commercial. This is actually... Yeah. It's uh, Yorick Berenson or whatever his last name is. Uh, yeah, it does uh, also appear to have a braided beard. And it is wielding what looks like a falchion. And uh, it is going to, after... Uh, throwing the cloak off as a flavor action that doesn't take up an action. It is going to swing its uh, falchion at Hugh on the other side of this fence. Uh, and this will not give covered because I didn't have it give cover to Hugh because it's really kind of just big enough to keep a sheep out. And I said the door is open. So uh, that is going to be a 19 on the die for a yes <laughs> yeah no and going i just want to make sure because it's probably a crit at this point. oh most certainly i'm sure it will uh be. yeah it is a 30. Ooh, yeah bring it on casey damn it All right uh so not a fan is... it's too many Ooh. Garbage roll on it, though. Uh, it so is that is uh, only six points of slashing damage. But only six. Okay. Still not a fan, but uh, yeah. if that's how it's going to be, I'm okay with it for a moment. Uh, it is then uh, the burning Chupacabra's turn, so he is going to take his two points of persistent fire damage. And then he is going to 
He'd only take that if he ends his turn there. Oh, if so. he ends his turn in it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he will take the two for moving out of this square right well, here. I though. guess it's persistent, so he has to yeah, roll. Yeah, if it's to persistent, it. he needs the. Yeah, yeah, he'll have. Oh, yeah, no, because he'll his, take it because then he'll have to make a flat roll. Yeah. 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 Well, I think you take it at the beginning and make your roll at the end. You take uh, it at the end and then make a roll to see if okay. it keeps going. Okay. So in that case, then he's still only taking the two for having to move through that square to get out of it. Uh, and then he is going to attempt to bite this rhino. Uh, and that Rude. is not super great, but it might hit a 17. No. Okay. She's a heavily uh, armored rhinoceros. And then his third action, he is going to attempt to bite it again at a minus four and roll the exact same thing. So that definitely doesn't hit. Uh, then he is going to take his burn damage for this turn, and that is going to kill him before he can make his flat check. <laughs> Go team. We did it. Yeah. Focus no spell, not wasted. Yeah. The power of attrition. If you listen to this podcast, you know how much we love <laughs> wars of attrition. This last uh, chupacabra-like creature is has found itself flanked, and it's going to look at its two dead friends, and it's actually going to run. It is going to use its first action to move the extent of its movement out of here, and then for the next two actions, it is going to move another 70 feet into the woods, and it is just gone. Uh, and it is Jolly or Golly's turn. Please call me by my formal name, which for everyone at home is Caesar Cobb Waldorf. Um, and he is going to, uh, I'm going to channel across the multiverse one of my favorite behatted individuals played by someone on this podcast. And I'm going to make a long jump. So first, that's going to start with a 10-foot stride action. It's going to put me southwest to here. This is a 50-foot stride action. Still doesn't matter. It's a stride action to start my long jump. Yep. And now I'm going to attempt to long jump to here. So let me just uh, do a quick measure doodle that, that says it's 25 feet. Yep, 25 feet. Right. So we're going to roll old athletics here and we're going to add five to this because i have a, a thing that does that so that's 21 feet rough okay so because oh, i rolled away. a <laughs> yeah so i rolled a 13 uh, sorry three with a 13 bonus plus five there giving me 21 so that really didn't do so hot that puts me Ooh, that's technically 20. Here, let me show this up. This is technically 20 feet right here. So um, I am going to pop over near the, the, the wing of Cabra and using my flying kick monk action, I can now take a strike because that uh, long jump was two actions. The stride was one action but I can strike as part of my long jump action. So I'm going to hit this guy here or try 
That is a 32 with an 18 off the deck. Uh, that is enough. And he is flying, but he's low enough that he can take swoops at you guys. So I will say you can hit him with a move that's literally called a flying kick. Yeah, the cool part of the flying kick is I can technically hit something in the air. Now, yep. granted, it's usually if it's like in the intervening interstitial distance, but like, eh, right? Yeah. All right, Kick roll your me your damage. Uh, that is not quite a crit, but it is a hit. Oh, wait, uh, your damage right. rolls is part of this. Right. Uh, so that is 11 points of kick damage. Yep. And um, I don't know. I think that technically can also be a wolf jaw attack can that also be my uh, i don't do i get do a trip off my style because uh... the first one isn't a style yeah. it's like a thing but it's also like a stunning fist style. yeah let's yeah. just i can already say it feels like it probably can't stack. getting mad yeah yeah let's it feels like it can't it. stack yeah yeah usually it's one of those weird things of when you're in a stance are you actually in a stance right now? Yeah, yeah. I'm in, uh, I'm a, I'm in Normally, it zone. limits the type of strikes you can make, uh, but I don't know how that interacts with your flying kick because yeah. my monk is my monk knowledge ends there. Yeah, because I know there's like there's that one stance where like if you take a move action, you break the stance basically because the whole thing of it is about your standing no. still. Yeah, it's not. That's not the. That's not the wolf stance. Yeah, so it definitely doesn't break the stance. But I mean, like, I mean, there's different ones. Will say like you can only do certain things when you're in the stance. Sometimes. Yeah, that's definitely uh, all right. Yeah, but let's For assume all those that wolf stance lovers at yeah. home, I can make wolf jaw unarmed attacks. So I would assume that that wolf jaw unarmed attack. Uh, let's see. When you're, ooh, you know what? For all the people at home that love Wolfjaw, they would be like, hey, you need to be flanking to do that in the first place. <laughs> so I am definitely not flanking anyway. Um, so, yeah. Um, yeah, that's it. That's my turn. All right. Uh, Magellan. Yeah, uh, Magellan's going to... Well thinking about attacking the braided beard having falchion wielding upright bear uh but it might be easier because the swoop of cobra is flying to uh, to hit without even having to move i'm thinking of cove and cover yeah i will say things. uh you would not have cover attacking that. You would have cover doing anything ranged on the bear. Yeah. All right. Then, uh, cause you have a uh, Chicho in front of you here and kind of almost have these two guys kind of around. They're not technically cover though, but Chicho is. Yeah. Fair. That's what I was thinking. Uh, then once, once again, uh, because why why move when you don't have to? Uh, we'll spend an action to reach spell, and then just huck a produce flame at the old swoopacabra. So we'll make a spell attack okay. roll. And uh, yeah, shouldn't have rolled a physical die. That was a natural one for a total of twelve to hit. That will not. Weird. 
Yeah. Yeah, as the flames kind of fizzle out over to the east, uh, Magellan just kind of looks forlornly and think that was probably this, my only contribution to this encounter and that'll be the end of his turn all right uh hugh you have a giant bipedal bear with a sword in front of you yeah yeah um I, i'm not his biggest fan <laughs> not his biggest fan at all But I don't really know what to do about it. Uh, so we're just going to sword king. Right. And I don't get any of my bonuses anymore because it is. I can only do that once, right? Uh, I for, believe first time for, playing an investigator, yeah. I'm not quite sure how they work. I'm pretty sure it's once per thing that you're devising a stratagem against. That's what I thought. You can't just devise a new stratagem against the same guy. <laughs> immune temporarily i think it's uh, it's either an amount of time or it's can't be used against the same creature it's one of the two i looked at all this the other day and then it immediately left my head <laughs> left your brain immediately you could just do every turn it could but be. it only counts for that one turn it's been a while since i played investigator yeah. well let's give it a shot uh, you can, in fact, do that every turn. You are correct. Very neat. That yeah, is... So you can... I strategy to make a uh, recall knowledge check against it. I think it basically just... Yeah, no, I two actions to do the int yeah. instead of strength, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So. Yep. So now you can roll your thing, and you did uh, get that again. I rolled the recall. Yes. And I'm apparently rolling much better for you guys than I am for my creatures. I'm fine with that. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's that's great. We definitely need the assistance. Um, yeah, very difficult fight. Yeah, it's a low bar when I'm at the table, but still, thank you for all of your help. Just need the attack roll against the bear. Yep. I'm making sure my numbers are right because yep. they change each round. It's annoying, but also yeah. good when it works, which that doesn't. Uh, unfortunately, again, that does not quite hit him. Unlike the other things in this fight, he seems like he's actually somebody that can fight. Yeah, uh, not my. Uh, yep, not my cup of tea. I'm going to step back a little bit. is three actions then because that was the devise the strike and the step okay yep uh chicho 
Yeah. So it will take two actions, I believe, to run up to Mr. Bear. And then we will attempt to poke it. Right. Poke the bear. Poke the bear. Uh, <laughs> you get a plus one on your attack from my uh, no weaknesses. Oh, mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah, till the end, so that till the start a... of his next turn. Uh, so that makes 20. that a 20. Uh, you attempt to poke at this bear, and it just kind of like bounces off. Uh oh. Too much fluffy fur. Yeah. Okay, uh, so that was all three of Chicho's actions, and it is now this uh, possibly Sandpoint Devil creature's turn, and it locks eyes with Chicho and takes off into the air and opens its mouth, and we will see everybody after a break. <laughs> no. Good, good night, Jero. <laughs> good night, Chicho. <laughs> or oh, Chicho. You hardly need.